everybody, this is Rich from the Metal Cell Forums. I've got Evan, Daniel and Joe with us tonight. How are you, lads? Great. Very good. First of all, yes. Joe, happy 40th birthday, my man. By the time now. this goes out, it'll be two or three weeks' time anyway, so you'll be even that bit older. Take <laughs> look unreal, like. I'll be getting the grey pubes before we know it, guys. And we'll come on the podcast to talk about that. <laughs> but Joe, the main thing is the main thing is if your eyesight is good and you can look down there and check them out, like if there is, if you can determine which is grey and which is not. That's, uh, yeah, that's well, always person, positive, like, you know. Still being able to see them is a sign of my great athletic ability, like, you know, <laughs> or maybe I'm not drinking enough beer. <laughs> oh, God. So you had a good party? It was great, I'll crack. So it was. And actually, it didn't feel that bad the next day. I was able to go for a wee lie down and went out to the pints the next day. So, because everyone got the day off because uh, the Queen of England coped. So she did. Unreal, yeah. You probably, you probably heard about that. Like yeah. Yeah, she she croaked just the day before I went to the UK. Like, I was on my way over. Was like, the Great. day before we went to Belfast as well. Oh, fuck it, yeah. Did it affect you in any way? No, oh, well, apart from making us really happy, no. <laughs> oh, no. yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Danielle, did anything close over there while you were... Where did you go? Was it Liverpool? Is Liverpool, it? Liverpool. Okay. So they they're on the verge of celebrating. For, well, actually, they are kind of they're completely different to the rest of England. They were just like yep. fuck the Queen. They don't, they don't, um, they don't sing the national anthem and all before football games and all over there. They're just not yeah. into any of that nationalistic stuff at all. No, isn't it? The the Liverpool game cancelled though. Some of the lads were supposed to be going to that, um, but the, the following game did you see like they were really worried about pushing on the minute silence for the queen because they thought all of the liverpool fans would boo right um, yeah yeah i saw something about that right and yeah so it's, it's i don't know what mm. I, I watched it actually i was watching the, that that game and they definitely didn't have a minute silence it was definitely okay. only like 30 seconds or something <laughs> put it quick <laughs> yeah it was um uh, yeah it was interesting i think i saw uh alan did some message for joe for his fartit involving the Queen and something mm, else. Like, they did some, like, a video of all my mates. Note that you two now weren't there. Like, where were you saying? <laughs> um, but, like, yeah, so they did the video, and Alan's one was bizarre. It was, like, uh, the back of a Man War album with, like, little cut-out faces of, like, Jerry Adams and the Queen on top of the Man War bodies, and it didn't make any sense. So there you go. But that's much like my friendship with Alan. It doesn't make any sense. So it's, it's <laughs> <laughs> Your cake look un- looked unreal. Still, oh, the cake was amazing. Still, yeah. still working away at it, like you know, cake you for dinner. You've eaten that till you're fifty, like. Yep. Evan, you have I'm some pregnant. news for us, haven't you? <laughs> oh yeah, to we have. Um, as well, we'll be announcing it tomorrow, real time. But by the time this comes out, the whole thing will be out. That we have a new single. Thanks for giving us all the copies of it yeah, so delicious. we could listen to it. Yeah. Anyway. Fair play. Never I appreciate happened. that, you know. Absolutely yeah. never it's happened. nice out of you. If anyone gets you know? something out of me. It's the yeah. fucking oh, trust I have every issues right again. Trust like, issues. Jesus Christ. Like. <laughs> Fuck you, man. That's it now. That's you know the what? final straw between me you, and you. When this comes out, that, I'll like, send it to you. Oh, I can. No, I'm not interested. I'm going to fucking slay it. But yeah, we have Justin Hill from Sixth doing guest vocals on it. So that was like a a massive kind of oh. childhood 
thing to have down on it and he did an unreal job mm-hmm. he mixed and mastered it as well and it's one of those things that like wow. I want to delete every single thing that we've put up since then just because uh, I like it so much and we didn't have to hold on to it for two years so I don't hate it like, <laughs> what's it called? Bridge Burner Bridge Burner okay. mm. you heard it here <laughs> last well it'll yeah. already be out by the time this comes out so <laughs> yeah, yeah literally yeah, I'll send it to you then. You'll get it off me then. You've literally burned your bridges with us, man. Yeah, you have. I have, yeah. You might say I'm worn out from that joke. <laughs> okay, so I, actually, since we're on about singles, let's let's go into them. Deal. Um, I sent you five this month. I apologize um, if I kind of gave you a lot to think about in here, but it is what it is. And the first one is eternal hell cracks so that's uh praetorian oceans and tirrit they're a black metal band from kiavan in the republic of ireland they will be releasing their third studio album drone in ash on the 30th of september so this will this episode will come out after the single for the album where the dead things roam free was released on the 9th and it's the only song that they're sharing until the 30th of september so on this album we aim to describe the dark and emotive battle with depression feelings of desolate bleakness and loss so we'll give it a spin Okay, Daniel, maybe you'll kick it off for us. Yeah, I um, I really enjoyed this. Um, I, there's a part that comes up that kind of took me by surprise is the clean vocals that come in. Yes. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. It was yeah. really different for uh, black metal. Um, I thought it was very polished for black metal, which I surprisingly liked. Um, yes. It was it was well produced. There's a song later on, and I'm going to like um, be um, a bit of a hypocrite because. 
I think it's it's not as well produced, and I th- really like that as well. Okay. But yeah, it's it's I don't know. There's something that's not too black metal-y about it that I that I enjoy. It's called melody. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I did. I would have thought something like this would come from Kevin. Kevin. Um, yeah. But uh, sure. Really like this from Kevin. Yeah. So it's a big thumbs up for me, and um, I haven't heard of this band before either. Mm. So. Um, well, they're out quite a long while. Okay. I think it's 2008 was their demo. Okay. Evan, have we converted you as well to black metal? <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, like, I, it's absolutely no surprise. I couldn't give a shit about black metal. But in saying that, like, I know they're very good at what they do. And I also have heard people recently kind of singing their praises. I definitely agree with Danielle with just production-wise isn't that overly black metal thing where they record it through a phone playing through a tape player kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, like they're very, very good musicians. Again, like black metal is always going to be, it's, I'm going to, it's very hard for me to see past it, but like. Did you not get the melody? I did. That? Yeah. But I mean like. And the, there's a second the vocalist vocal. as well. Yeah. Like. It's it's it really just it isn't for me. I can I have great respect for them. A lot of people that I know have been talking about them lately. Mm. Um, just just not for me. You can, it's just like polishing a turd for me. And that's no offense to. It's like you send me any black metal thing, and I'll have that kind of vibe to it. But very um, very talented musicians. Like they're mm. they're good at what they do, um, and I think they nail the sound that they're going for. It's just again. It'll never be for me. Yeah. Cool. Joe. Yeah, probably similar. Um, the weird thing I found about these, like, obviously these guys have been going for donks because I remember looking, remember looking up the gigs that they've done, and they used to play in the pint quite a lot and stuff like that. Maybe about ten years ago with bands like Overoff and that sort of thing. Yeah. But um, yeah, like musically, there wasn't really a lot that I liked about it. Like, I find obviously the vocals and stuff. No, it's just not really. There's not nothing there that I like about it. As I said, I find it quite strange that the black metal bands we're reviewing this week all had the same kind of vibe, where some of the parts nearly sounded like late '90s alternative rock. Like you know, there were some weird chord melodies and stuff like that that I there's, wouldn't. There's a lot do. of post metal going on in in yeah. this band. Yeah, totally. Um, but you know. This is fucking going to sound horrible as well, but there's a bit of a venom about it where I could sort of feel the lack of chops going on and stuff with, like, the lads. Now, obviously, I know the solos and stuff isn't really a thing with this sort of music and stuff, but it felt a wee bit just, just like, here's some uninspired guitar playing, uninspired singing, and non-Joe vibes coming from the stereo. Yeah. But, like, you know, obviously, there's a market for this because they've been doing it for ages. This is their third album, and they're signed to a label and stuff, so... I'm sure they'll not be shedding any tears over my review. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I've heard the whole album, and for me, it's definitely a contender for one of the best Irish metal releases of the year. So, and now I'm certainly not a black metal fan, but the whole album, there's seven, seven songs, I think, and it's fantastic, it really is. So look out for them. Eternal Hellcracks, the album released, will be out on the 30th of September. So... Onwards to the next black metal act that we have. There's no escaping. This is Ferozzi gone. Oh, 
And the song is Pink Mist. So it's the second full-length album from Frosty. Again, he's featured on the show a good bit, so fans would know of him. It's Thomas Hines, he's from Wexford. I think he's now 19, I guess. Or he might have done the leaving cert this year. I think so. Uh, Isolation is the album. Uh, what it means to be alone is comforting, but also scary at times. The album shows the beauty and scariness of being isolated. Uh, the album started production in November 2021, with two tracks being released from the album. So he just says, as the sun sets on these horrid days, everything turns to black. The album came out on August the 29th, so be sure to check it out on Bandcamp. And so this is Pink Mist. Kev, over to you, my man. Um, see, again, black metal, the low production thing really isn't for me. The one thing I will say about this is, um, like, I would really love to see this. I know we say it all the time, but like a full band aspect or else just, you know, recorded a lot better because the, like the tremolo sections, um, the actual, uh, chordal progression on that is quite like an epic sound mm, but yeah. I just feel like the production lacks on it but you know it's black metal so it's kind of like what's the point in having that argument but I feel like there could be potential for this to sound massive and almost like makes like a kind of a conjurer kind of vibe into it Do you know like I know interesting yeah they had they have that kind of thing like the tremolo pick almost black metal but what sets it apart a lot of the time is the chordal progression yeah. and that chordal progression in it is very it has that like epic almost like chorus thing there's a certain word i'm looking for but like um do you think that could develop over time i mean because I like he is so, so young you know, and he's still doing it by himself it. i think there's a lot of like more modern metal stuff that um that he listens to that you can see is like creeps in slightly but he still wants to do the the black metal thing but there's there's other parts that are just kind of naturally coming through yeah. with him and I'd like to see that kind of explored a bit more you yeah. know it's hard for someone as young as himself to be 
doing you know like when we're talking about production and to get a studio and do all this i'm aware that there is massive limitations for it but he's one of the most talented musicians i've ever seen like i've seen his videos um just of him playing guitar like i feel like whatever it is is that he does on these is thought out you know it's not just there is no it's not any limitation of his ability i the stuff that he could write would like he could write the most technical thing yeah i think there's i think the nearest comparison to him and there just there is maybe six years in the difference is hell ripper yeah 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 you know, yeah. another guy that's doing it on his own. Now, he's developed more into a band and they supported Joe's Gamma Bomb and stuff. But uh, certainly we hope that Thomas keeps going the way he's going. And it, it's an interesting project to watch. Oh, he, he'll, he'll be one of the best. Like, you know, yes. I'm 100% sure hmm. uh, he keeps going the way he's going and he will be he'll be top tier. Like, yeah. Joe? I think that's, you know, that's a great way of putting it. Um, the, like it's refreshing sometimes to hear something because the first thing whenever I heard this I was like uh you know these drums sound like fucking rock and roll star cigarettes and alcohol by Oasis it sounded really <laughs> like clanky and stuff but I like that that they're not like he's not pretending to be like okay I'm just gonna start blasting the fucking sixteenths yeah. on the pedals here it's like this is what we really actually sound like now and as he said in four or five years it's probably gonna be like a big progression on to doing something different um like. Do any of you think that the singing sounded any different than the last song? Or did it sound exactly the same? No, I think there was a diff- a slight difference to it. Again, I think there was a bit more of a modern thing to it. I mean, that's probably, the, because I'm not really a fan of the genre, it's like, you know, to me, it sounded, the singing sounded exactly the same. And like, I think that that can take the character out of this sometimes, you know, just because it's one of those things that you, you might really like the, you know, progressive kind of chords and, you know, the, you know, the beats and stuff like that going on in the song. But I think unless you're a particularly fan of like, you know, black metal and stuff like that, you're not going to dig this thing and then it's not going to get anyone else into it. They're probably, he's probably not in a position where he's looking for, you know, to convert people over or whatever. But, no. and again, like, as you said, it's, this is the start of his career. So like maybe his voice will sound different in a couple of years, but it wouldn't be the sort of thing that would jump out at me, you know? Yeah. Okay. Danielle? Um, kind of contradict what I said earlier about the last one. I actually really like the raw rawness of this one. Mm-hmm. I, I think it adds to it. I think it's I think it's really cool. Um so the fact that it's not really well produced or that I think it just I think it adds to it personally. Um there's there's parts in it that you're just kind of like it feels just almost like rock and roll like what you said Joe rather than black metal at times which I think is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um I have to say, I, I did prefer the song Everything Turns to Black. Um, I thought that that's his lead single off of that album. Um, and I thought that was a stronger tune. But yeah, as, as you guys said, it's really, really exciting to see where he goes with this. Mm. But, um, you know, it was a, another thumbs up for me. Yeah, I'm just wondering. To me, to black I'm metal. just wondering, in general, <laughs> is black metal becoming more diluted down to kind of rope in more of an audience? Because like it was so extreme and so far out there mm-hmm. that like nobody could like the likes of us, for example, couldn't even fucking listen to it for like a minute or two minutes. Yet it's remember like with Jack's band as well, Gallic, mm. it's kind of just I don't know. I mean, I'm I think excited that's... about it. But I think it's bleeding into other genres and it's uh, it's, it's interesting. Yep. 
definitely. Um, you know, I think this is probably a generation of people who weren't directly influenced by Denim and Bathory the way that bands 10 or 15 yeah. years ago were, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, and you can certainly hear it in the sound. There is a lot more, as I said, like get wee twinges in 90s progressive or alternative music in the chord, you know, chord progressions and stuff. So we're playing yeah, I think there's like a, it's almost like waves. Do you know the way like you have the new wave of British heavy metal and yeah, it's like there seems to be like a, a different way. Like I think Horrenda are great. Yes, um, there's another great example, example of that. Mm. That like, I don't like, I think Horrenda are one of the very few black metal bands that I'm like, they are black metal, but it's one of those things that I'm sure like true cult lads hate them you yeah. know because they don't they, their production is good and they're bringing in other elements yes. which is probably yeah. not cool to them but sure fucking whatever yeah. it a I shit. mean yeah it is and it's an exciting time for black metal in Ireland in general because you have the quality of Tomas we just heard Eternal Hell Cracks and Horrenda and there's four not as well coming through just just really good good time for uh Irish metal, uh, especially black metal. Okay, next yeah, uh, track up is a band called Coma and it's Betrayed. They're a melodic metalcore band. The song is about uh, a judo Christian God forsaking his chosen people. It seeks to ask the question, what kind of God would allow this? We aim to challenge the idea of an ever-loving personal God as the evidence of history shows this idea to, to be delusional at best. So Coma come from a wide range of genres and influences musically. Mick and James who play guitars, play dynamic, fast and tricky parts, counterpointed by Fling on bass, Ellis on drums and Noel on vocals who add elements of groove, making the listener feel that swing that is often missing from metal. So we'll check it out and see if you'll agree with them.
Okay, so that's Coma. I'm limited to the amount of time I can play each song. Um, okay, Daniel, what do you think of that? Um, I don't know. Um, I when I read the 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 email during the description of the song, I was really excited because I was like, "Oh, these themes are really good." You know how I am for lyrics. Um, it sounds it sounds like you asked an AI to create a trivium song. <laughs> Um, (laughs) it's just from, from, yeah, there's something missing from it. I can't put my finger on what, Mm -hmm. and the the talent is there. Um, like the growling sounded exactly like Matt Evie from, uh, Trivium. It sounded very like that. Um, I think there's a lot of, there's potential there, but I don't know what it is. Is everything over polished? Is that what it is? Evan, what did you think of the drum sound? Uh, very um, overproduced, I think. But I think a yeah. lot of things are coming out like that, even accidentally. Yeah. Like. yeah, I think it just felt overproduced. I felt like, I felt like there was no heart and soul in it, guys. Hmm. You know? So. That's not a bad a description of it. I, I kind of felt that there was just yeah. a bit of balls missing out of it. Absolutely. It just kind of felt like everybody was doing their thing. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, and nobody was doing a bad job. No, but it just didn't. I don't know. It didn't mash together properly, or didn't have that oomph. F, would you agree? Yeah, the second when Danielle said the whole time when I was listening to it the other day, I was like, "It's just like Baby's first Trivium." Do you know what I mean? Trivium or Trivium, whatever. But uh, again, they're they seem like very good songwriters, very mm-hmm. accomplished musicians themselves. But there's, Absolutely. um for lack of a better word, there's almost a staleness to it. Like there's no real, um, there's nothing that sets it apart. It's like, again, they're very good musicians. I can't stress that. It's not like they don't have the ability, but there's something about that that's just not clicking. It's it's kind of, yeah, it's stale. I guess there's, there is a staleness to it. That's almost just doing it by, by numbers Mm. or it's like half the band, want like a Biffy Clyro kind of thing and the other half want to sound like Tribune. Yeah. So we got early days for the band. Talk, yeah. So early days, Joe. Fair play to them though. Mm. Uh, this wouldn't normally be my sort of thing at all, but I'd like to sing them a lot, you know? Um, I could definitely get what you were saying. Whenever the, like the, the backing vocals, the growly vocals come in, it sounded so out of place because the song isn't, you know, it's not that kind of song really, you know? Um, yeah, and like for every cool idea musically, there was also something that annoyed me. But <laughs> it's like, you know, like the verse is just based entirely on what the rhythm of, you know, the, 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 the there's no riff there. The riff is just, you know, here's these notes that have been separated. So, but I think that the singing was cool. And like that in itself was enough to kind of set it apart for me. Um, but it also kind of sounded a bit like, 20 years ago, there were a whole bunch of bands doing Ireland's version of System of a Down type thing, you know, um, and the, the sound kind of like that. So yeah. we okay. spoke about this before. The big thing is, how do you break through uh, with this sort of music? There isn't an underground of like new metal type stuff like this. So it's either become massive or fail, you know. It has that like serious XM want. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like one of those. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. 
Ah, we'll <laughs> listen and we'll keep going with them. Uh, as I said, it's only Absolutely. their first single, so they, they have yeah, the musical right. chops. It's just Absolutely. get a bit of fucking balls in there, lads. That's all I'd say. Um, next track is um, Cyanide Gems. The song is Grit. Thanks to Danielle, who discovered the band. She threw them up on Sunday Worship there, and I was just going, wow, that's this is interesting. So a bit of background about the band. Cyanide Gems are four-piece British, Irish, and Spanish new wave rock band formed in 2022 when the collection of loud, rock-mad lunatics met in an Irish bar in Barcelona. I mean... Jesus, are they destined for great things or what? The members' inspirations range from entire rock eras such as 70s with artists like Black Sabbath and Rory Gallagher to 90s grunge and 2000 metal. So there's Alex on bass, John on drums, who is from Ireland. Am I correct, Daniel? Yeah, he is, yeah. Okay. He's a dub. Cool, he's a dub, okay. And Albert is on guitar and Coral is on vocals. So we'll give this one a spin. And the song is called Grish. Grid and cement coats the gums, and the sun comes and goes, and jugs of water wash the filth away. A secret show, and cold threads of silver, magic deeds haunt. Needless to say, they grant the wishes that they Okay, Danielle, we'll go to you first. Yeah, well, I'm a bit biased because I'm really, really good friends with Joe. Or not Joe. I am really good friends with Joe. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, John Drummer is one of my really close friends. Um, but I was really surprised when mm. this is what he sent us. It's like, this is what the band does because he's a big black metalhead. Um, so, yeah, I, I absolutely love it. Um I'm a big fan of Black Sabbath, I'm a big fan of Deep Purple, brought up and all that. So it was a real throwback to then. I think the vocalist is very like Grey Slick from Jefferson's Airplane. Um, yes. Yeah. So I think I think it's class. Um, and they're preparing for live shows. So I think that would be interesting too. Okay, cool. There's a, another band that are just, I can't, it's not Band of Horses. No, there's another band that reminds me of them. Hello, Gavin. <laughs> oh, 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 I'm hey. here. I'm here. Finally. <laughs> I was struggling a wee bit there. I was struggling. Ah, it's great to see you, man. Thanks for joining us. No problem at all. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, so do you mind uh, just sitting in on this 
we're just reviewing a, a single or two and maybe you might know one or two of the bands or you can yeah, I think sounds great yeah maybe, just, edu maybe educate maybe but yeah, and then I'll, in I'll introduce you properly then, man, uh, when we're, we're finished the uh, reviews, if you don't mind. Thank you. What are you drinking, Carling? Some man. It's not. Strongbow. What's oh, the Strongbow? It, it was the most Irish thing I could find, so. <laughs> okay, so we're just reviewing a band um, from Barcelona, Gav, uh, Sinai Gems. The track is Grit, and uh, just hand it over to Evan there for his opinion on it. To be honest, the whole thing felt a bit... Um, back room in a pub in Mullinahone kind of thing, if that makes sense to anyone. Like, it was just kind of, like, I could picture the the small cannon, cannon, you know, like the blue, red, and green lights spinning. Um, yeah, it did. It didn't really, didn't really do much for me. Like, there was a lot of comparisons to, like, Sabbath and... Led Zeppelin. Uh, yeah, and, like, Jefferson Airplane, like, but they're, they're class, like... Um, I think it's just, it's very, oh, it, I don't know, it, like, it literally did, it, it didn't do anything for me. Okay. Uh, it's kind of um, for like imitation rather than anything else. Yeah. So it's, as I said, it's their first single, so. Yeah. A fair play, you know. Again, and what do you think of her as a vocalist? Yeah, brilliant. Great, great vocalist. I just think as a whole, this as a unit, that wasn't the one for me. Okay, cool. But again, as you're saying, first thing released and it probably wouldn't be the type of thing I listen to anyway. So like, fuck me anyway. So it doesn't really matter. Like. Joe? I thought those were really good. Um, I can see these guys doing something similar to Blues Pill or, you know, band like that. I think there's, there's a whole bunch of room for retro kind of music like that, but non-specific. So... Like it, there was a bit of a, I don't know. I thought I thought they could have went out, supported someone like Megadeth or uh, Orange Goblin, and got a great reaction either way. You know, just because it's classic songwriting at the end of the day, and she's got a great voice, mm. and um, everything else is kind of secondary. I think so. Like I really could hear the song. Like obviously, it's a lot more traditional, and you know that's probably the thing about it that Evan, you were saying it sounded a bit like a kind of a, like a tribute or whatever, which I guess in a certain way it is, but. Sure, all this fucking black metal stuff we've been listening to is an absolute tribute to, you know, another genre of music, you know. It's, so I thought it was very good. Yeah. So, so, long so thumbs up there. Okay, so we'll go on to the last track of the night, and uh, this is Survivalist. Uh, we're huge fans of them on the show from Northern Ireland. Gav and the lads, big shout out. And this is their new release called Rot.
Now I say I was shocked at how heavy they came in with this song. Uh, it's great to hear. Ev? Yeah, I think they're kind of... Um, and you could hear as well, they're trying to shed the uh, metalcore kind of label that was put on them that from talking to Gav just seemed to be something that um, did them more damage than good because there's a lot I think like once you put kind of a, a metalcore thing on people are thinking that it's like you know early 2000s super tight t-shirt really like all the colors that go the whole way around but I think in this you can hear they're going for a much what I say more like is it like a deathcore kind of vibe or that kind of this much lower heavier thing and uh, seeing them in Cork as well like you kind of I think having seen what they can do live and like how it, how all the other tunes that they have kind of mesh together that, you know, when you hear something like this, it's not as much a surprise after seeing it live. And I just think there's a, there's a lot of weight to them. Yeah. And I think they'll do, um, I think they're, they're on the right path anyway. Joe. Um, yeah, they're certainly extremely heavy, you know, and, and sludgy and stuff. I'm like, I would say with the right sound and stuff live, it would sound brilliant. Again, I think the vocals can be a bit featureless, you know, because they're trying to compete with the music in terms of heaviness, you know, and I think that can sometimes make it seem a wee bit too, you know. Yeah. Um, but again, if you're like, I, I actively don't like that kind of singing. And I think if you didn't mind it or were a fan, it probably wouldn't deter you at all. You'd be like, this is, this is pretty cool. But like, yeah, certainly <clears throat> extremely heavy. And I could imagine it going down really, really well uh, live. Daniel? Yeah, I loved it. Mm. I, I, same, the second it started, I was like, Jesus, that's so heavy. Um, I like the direction they're going. I'm not a metalcore fan, so um, yeah, to go more deathcore is definitely, I think, the way to go. Um, reminded me of early King A10. Oh, which is yeah. Not best, bad. best, even the vocals are early King A10. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely excited to, to see the rest of their releases that come out and hopefully catch them, catch them soon live and get bait up in the pit. <laughs> Nothing like it. <laughs> Nothing like it. That's cool. Absolutely. Uh, big thumbs up then uh, from me as well. I, I'm a huge fan of them and I'm just delighted with the direction they're going. In. So serious potential there. That's survivalist. Big shout out to Gavin, the lads. Okay, so that's it. Gavin, welcome to the show officially. Thanks for joining yeah, us, man. Uh, thanks, for, thanks for having me. Hi. So for those that don't know, Gavin is one of the founder members of Damnation Festival. We were having a discussion there, Gav, today amongst the four of us about what topic to talk about this evening and uh, myself and Danielle are going to Damnation Festival and Danielle brought it up that the fact that despite losing a big headliner like Ministry you've turned it around to your absolute favour and literally knocked it out of the park. I know Joe has played Damnation Festival as well so thanks for joining us and maybe you can talk us through the emotions of losing someone like Ministry and maybe uh, give us a background then to Damnation Festival itself. Yeah, absolutely. First off, what are the other two doing? What's your excuse for my coming? <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> there's no good excuse. No, nope, no. Nope. <laughs> uh, right, I forgive you. Bye. So, well, let's start with ministry. So last, what was it, Tuesday? Tuesday last week, mm. I think it might have been. I got a call from 
an agent. Weird enough, it was Wednesday 13th agent that phoned me to say, oh, fuck, you see, heard the bad news. And weirdly, I thought it was talking about the Festival Dominion. Do you know the one that we were trying to do up in the top? Uh, yeah. Durhamley yeah. I, I think that get canned that day and he had some bands in it so that's what I thought it was talking about but it kind of came across quite oh fuck have you heard the bad news like, I mean, how bad is it I mean at the end of the day I don't want to see another festival class but it's not my festival he's like no yeah. ministry <laughs> ministry are fucking out and it, it's an odd one it, it takes you a second to process like you almost feel that way nah that it's a joke you know what I mean there's yeah. no way yeah, yeah. Just, we're just promoting yeah, this now for Fucking what 12, 13, 14. I mean, that ministry booking was done in March, April last year. I mean, so mm. aye, that was about a, oh shit. <laughs> and then my first my first thought was, right, if it's true, well, it was true because I went in, I saw the email saying it was happening. But if it's true, let's tell the fans, you know, because yeah, you acted very quick on this. Aye, ultimately, oh, 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 there's, there's a lot of ticket sales getting sold for damnation right now. And the last thing I want to be doing is selling tickets to someone who's coming to see a band that's no longer on the bill. So the priority was, and it literally was in, within minutes we made the post to say that Ministry were no longer on the bill and we never had a better explanation than what we gave publicly, which was apparently a festival in Belgium had collapsed. Oh, the money involved. okay, so that's where it was, okay. Uh, Aye, yeah. Sinner's Day, I think, which was, the whole, fucking, the whole situation was bizarre because Sinner's Day wasn't even on their tour poster. So then, when they came out with the excuse and said because a festival collapsed, we were the only festival on the bill, on the poster. So the automatic assumption was damnation had collapsed, which was another reason for us to get out in front of it. Yeah. Um, and then from there, it was a case of the next two or three days were scrambling to try and find some sort of replacement plan. What makes my, well, I just keep talking for Yeah, yeah, Jesus, we're fascinated <laughs> with, with this because, I mean, you, you obviously went to, went to God flesh. Yeah, I mean, at the very first, so we've done the sort of the the long shots, went to botch. Um, we tried Jesus to Christ, if you I tried to tie up Sodom because uh, they just lost that that show, and obviously up in Durham. Yeah, and, but I, I, people don't get it. I mean, people come on saying, "Oh, what's Devin Townsend doing?" Or my sugar come across. Like <laughs> these bands don't. <laughs> you don't just phone them up and say, "Oh, by the way, fancy jumped in the pub," and you can yeah. you can like these bands. As I said, Ministry were fifteen months in advance. They were booked and the negotiations alone can take two months. So it's not like you can't just phone creator and say, Oh, you're merely fancy diving down the road and, and headlining damnation. So it started to get a wee bit of, maybe credit to damnation and the reputation we've got for sort of pulling lineups out of the bag, but it started to get a bit silly. And I had to go on and post and say, Look, listen, guys, it's not going to be whatever we make happen, it's not going to be some superstar band on six week notice, seven weeks notice, suddenly going to come in and fill this slot. So we knew, we knew, we, we'd done this exact same trick with Godflesh last year when we lost uh, all the American bands. We went to, if you can get British bands if you've got a reputation for paying them um, quite quickly. You know, if they're available, yeah. they, will, they will do it. So Godflesh was the first and most easy sort of, <coughs> firstly the industrial, so there's some sort of link to ministry. Mm-hmm. Secondly, they were British, we had a relationship with them. And I knew if we could get them again, we could get them to do street cleaner. If we paid enough, we could get them to do street cleaner, which it makes different from the, the booking we just done. And then the rest of them were just Hail Marys. I mean, it was like, going for Jane Doe and Prowler of the Yard, it was a bit like, if we can get any of them to come off, I'll be completely worth it and offer off something new. And then all, all of them came off, you know what I mean? So that's it. It just ended up this super bill at the top. And everybody, 
unless you were some sort of mad industrial goth that only listens to ministry <laughs> and not a band, everybody was like, it was definitely, as a kid say on Twitter, a glop. So it's uh, it was, I was phenomenal. I think it's still since I've been obscene. Uh, people have just completely lost their mind about this, this lineup or these sets. I think there can't be any better way, man, to, uh, to move venue either, really, is there? Like, you know, whenever you're, like, everyone's like, oh my God, moving from kind of spiritual home. But like, I think I spoke to you about this when you were saying, like, if you're not getting support anymore that you used to kind of enjoy in Leeds, then it's a bit of a no-brainer kind of moving, wasn't it? Well, the, th- the big thing, we love Leeds. Well, first off, a lot of people forget that we started in Manchester. Mm. So the, the 2005 and 2006 was in Manchester. We left to go to Leeds because we couldn't find a venue bigger than Jilly's Rock World at the time. So um, that's the first thing. It, was, it wasn't like we are just leaving Leeds and we'd never been in Manchester before we returned to where the festival started. And secondly, it was it was more about how the the ven- how the festival had outgrown that venue. I mean, you know yourself, you're playing there twice. It's, it's a maze. It's the small it stage. The small stages are almost impossible to find. And when you get to them, they're always full. I mean, half past 12 in the morning, abductions playing, and absolutely no disrespect to abduction, but our show before and after Damnation was not to 700 people. And mm. but you can't get in at half past, a quarter to one in, in the afternoon. And then it just started getting, you're just getting complaints, basically. Fans were coming out and saying, I wanted to see Party Cannon and Boss Kerloid in June, and <laughs> I, I couldn't get in to see them. I mean, so what's the point? Yeah. I'm buying tickets to come to your festival, and I can't get in to see the bands that I want to see. And I, don't, I completely agree, as did Paul, the, the Irish organiser that, that I do it with. So, I it came at a time, the pandemic gave us a lot of time to think about what Damnation had become. And then it was a case of, right, okay, let's try and find another venue in this Beck Arena in Manchester, 6,000 capacity, and so twice the size of what Damnation was, and but this is us giving it a shot. And I, to answer your question, it wasn't ideal to lose your headliner six weeks out, but if you're going to do it and then make it work, then exactly what's happened was a bit of a dream scenario for us. Mm. I just want to ask there about the four bands that have agreed to play those albums, Gav, like, did you have to approach them and say, look, this is the story. Ministry have dropped out. They probably were aware of that anyway. And was it just them doing you a favour because it's Damnation Festival and they were glad to, to play on it? No? No. Okay. No, no, no. no. It was big piles of cash. <laughs> okay. Well, listen, put it this way, they wouldn't have done it if, not, not like if it was a road burn or a Psycho Las Vegas or another well established festival that they played before in their relationship. They, they could well have done it as well. They, they weren't going to go and do it for some, some for some event that's just alt fest that just appeared and then asking the question. So, yes, there was some sense of, yes, we're doing it for damnation. I don't, I'm not privy to the conversations that happens with the bands. Mm. I just get told a yes or a no. Okay. So, did they feel that, oh, you know what, they've kind of, that, that's, a, that's a bit of a tough break, losing your headliner seven weeks out. But ultimately, it's talking that they're not going to just, I mean, the band, that's a business for them as well. They, they, these sets are worth more money than a standard set. So ah, okay. they're, worth, they're worth paying more for. The bands yeah. and agents and managers know that. I know that as a promoter. And ultimately, when they come back and say, this is the number we need for you to make that happen, then you either you go to that number or you don't. And on this occasion, we did for all three, which was more money than in ministry's entire fee. Jesus Christ. Aye. It, it seems aye. to be paying off now, which you're saying with the amount of... T- I think even just the honesty of 
you know, once it yeah, was honestly, gone and you yeah. were just, I think there was something refreshing about how honest and just straight up and kind of cutting out a middleman, the whole thing was, I think, do you think it's, I, it seems to me that it, it's definitely benefited you just from the amount of ticket sales that have come since, you know, where yeah. people kind yeah, of being aware. Absolutely. I mean, yes. Yes, I mean, it has, the way it's all panned out, as I mean, as I say, there's a few ministry fans out there that, that do not give a shit about Jane Doe Street Cleaner or Prowler in the Yard. And mm. fair, fair enough. I mean, that the reason for booking ministry was to attract a different type of audience that otherwise wouldn't know or care about damnation. That was the entire punt of booking ministry to begin with. So, aye. But, I mean, it's ticket sales don't lie. I mean, that's where the, the rubber meets the road, as they say. And ticket sales have been phenomenal since these... These sets of uh, these sets have been announced, and we're, we're at the minute, as we stand, we're like nine hundred tickets away from a sellout. So we're how many weeks? Six weeks left. So yeah, uh, it'll sell out. Like, aye, it looks it like. It. I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. count any ticket that is not black and white in the dashboard. However, yeah, if you were yeah. to go with the historical trends, yes, you do. The vast majority of your sales in the final weeks is everybody finally yeah. gets ahead to do it. So, aye, that'll be. I'm looking for, I mean, if I sell it, fucking hell, sell it in arena. It's, it seems almost like it. I was going to say, it's an interesting thing because in the past, there's been certainly plenty of years where going into the festival in Leeds, it's been sold out for a long time yeah. in advance. Yeah. So there, you haven't had the ability to have, you know, walk up or, you know, as you said, last minute sales and stuff. So wasn't the last one sold out? Seeing, sorry? The last one was sold out as well, wasn't it? In March, yeah. March yeah. of that year. Right. So, but yeah, I think that's like, I think if yours are doing well in uh, sales now, it's very likely that by the time it rolls up, is it'll get a massive amount in the last minute if it doesn't sell out before then. Yeah, I mean that that's that's the hope. I mean, as we as we stand here right now, I'm pretty happy with how everything has gone. I mean, it feels like a different conversation to what we'd have been having if we had invited me on this podcast last week, you know. Yeah. So I I'm pretty happy, but nervous about all the things. It's 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 strange when you go into a, a place like Leeds, you've got control over so little. I mean, you it's obviously your festival and you book the lineup and um, you promote it, but when you go into an arena, it's literally you get a tin can and that's it. That is yeah. I mean, ev- everything beyond that level. To I mean, we're hiring portalers and fencing and the security companies, and I mean all the production from. I mean, literally, is when you go in, it's just it's just a whole. I mean, every bit of production for the mojo bar at the stage and the lights, sound, everything, everything is. So I'm slightly nervous about just how much we're taking on that front. But at the same time, well, that's the point. And to, I mean, we could have just stayed at Leeds and oh, just like, yeah. it yeah. So, Gav, right, but, maybe you could just describe to viewers who've never been to Damnation Festival about the setup in Leeds, for example, and the difference now with you moving to Manchester. There'd be a lot of crossover similarities. I mean, it was four stages in Leeds. So what would happen is two stages would clash against two stages would clash. They would just go backwards and forwards like that. The one bonus about Manchester is it's three stages. So the main stage won't clash with any other stage, which is handy because like main stage is like five thousand capacity in itself. So, um, and this is all in one building, yes? Yeah, it's all one. It's one building, one floor, maybe fifteen yards between the the main venue, which takes up the entire length of the building, and the other two venues are sort of split across it. Okay, and um, I a lot of the problems that we had in Leeds. Well, we've been amazing stairwells and lifts that took you to nowhere and that they'll that will no longer be the case. Well with, with new problems, I'm sure that we'll realise when we're there on the day. But in terms of clashes, 
it's uh, it's eradicated one full stage worth of clashes. Leeds had this weird situation where they had a, a student canteen at the back of the main stage that they weren't allowed to, we were never allowed to close. I mean, you could not offer them enough money to stop selling fucking £2 cheese sandwiches to, <laughs> to students. And but it meant that we couldn't open our main stage till half past two in the afternoon while the rest of the festival was ongoing beside it. Mm. Which was a difficult situation because then you get a lot of bottlenecks and people kind of like, why are we stuck here in this room three when <laughs> we should really find where the main stage is? Just daft things like that that maybe, from a fan's point of view, they never noticed, but for us were certainly big issues. And the running joke with Damnation was there's a fire alarm that kept fucking going off every every year as well. So I hope that's not something that falls us <laughs> to Manchester. Joe, you played Damnation how many times? Uh, twice, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think 2013 and last year. And, put uh, I put the posters up in honour. That was <laughs> two thousand. For, for this podcast, it's a lot of framing. <laughs> Let's Finding out in the day, like <laughs> I don't know. What, I don't know if I get caught out with any questions. I'm like, I played the carcass like Yeah, they're behind me now. Like, <laughs> oh, that was. <laughs> it says in my first rodeo. I've done, I do my own podcast, so I'm you know, I'm, I'm up in this nonsense. <laughs> Man, do you think that um, move, like going back to Manchester, it is more attractive to international travellers? Because you've got, you know, the airport there, totally different situation in terms of hotels and stuff. Yeah, Not I mean, shorter. you know what wasn't, a, that wasn't a consideration at the time of moving back, but yes, and also now, even the bands... So I think even yourselves, when you came in, maybe you did land release, but most bands, when they, they come in, land in Manchester. And there's the ball yeah. ache of having split our vans going backwards and forwards, and now we're there, and now we're back to Manchester. Whereas now, it's a 20-minute drive to the, the airport and back. So that'll be... But, but and just Manchester's an amazing scene yeah. for metal. I mean, it's a, Leeds, was, Leeds was good to us for a lot of years, but Manchester's a big scene. And... We've seen that as well, just just how many ticket sales we've done from that city. Now, I hate the whole... I'm a Glaswegian who's travelled to festivals all over, but used to travelling to festivals in England and doing five, six, seven-hour drives. So we got a wee bit of backlash for people in Leeds who said they wouldn't want to travel to Manchester. Like, it's like me saying I don't want to travel to It's a fucking Edinburgh, short you know I mean? train fucking ride from. <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ. Even I've gone from Manchester to Leeds to watch a fucking football game. You know, you know people are like, they'd fucking complain if Man of War were playing in their living room, they'd be like, why aren't they playing in the other room, you know? Why aren't they playing in the kitchen? Like, yeah. Yeah. Aye. But to be fair, why if Man of War were playing in my living room, I would, uh, I'd complain as well, to be honest. Okay. Yeah, so <laughs> move out straight away. You brought it up there that you do go to a few festivals yourself. Were you at Desert Fest, for example, this year? That's one that's one that's kind of passed me by a wee bit. I mean, I, I, two things, I don't like London. So mm. I, I, if I'm going to travel into London, it better be spectacular. And I, I think the only thing, the only gig I've travelled to London in the last 20 years was Cultaluna's um, Beyond the Redshift. Okay. And that's because the lineup for that was spectacular. So it's going to take a lot to get me to go to London. Mm. And that doom music is not my favourite type of, of music. And the, the weird thing about Desert Fest as well was they did opposite damnation. What they do is, so we'll book Gamma Bomb, and then we'll make sure the 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 the, the band is clashing with Gamma Bomb, like Morning Beloved. I mean, or yeah. we'll make sure that like you might still like both bands, but that clash, you're going to have a clear idea of what you want to do in that day. Yeah, it's a fest yeah. at like five venues with like Bongzilla, Electric 
Wizard. Again, like the, the same sort of band across five venues. Like if that happened to me and that was a type of music I loved, I would I'd spend most of the day just fucking raging. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's best, like. So right, that's not my that's the, I don't know. I kind of went off the tangent there, didn't I? No, I haven't been to Desert Fest. The reason why I brought that up in in relation to one of your bands that are playing on the bill is Green Lung. Yes. Who suddenly well, it's not sudden anymore. They're fucking huge. Yes. And they were booked in um, a small venue in London for Desert Fest. And the promoters, I don't know why, but they didn't seem to have the ability to change them to a bigger venue. Did you hear about this, no? No, I didn't, no. Okay, so literally there was... They, I think they may have, may have left 200 people in and there was at least another two or 300 people outside trying to get in. And again, like you were saying, a lot of people left other bands to walk maybe 20, 30 minutes down to the, another section of Camden to see Green Lung. Suddenly they're in a massive queue as well and they can't see, see any further up to the, to the venue doors in relation to why is this queue not moving. So they're missing bands yeah. as well and something like that. Yeah, I mean, I didn't enjoy that, but even the Beyond the Red Shift, because one was in the forum and then the other one's up, it was the Boston Music Room and the Dome. So that's a... I don't know what that was, but it felt like a 15-minute walk anyway after you had a couple of pints in you. Yeah. And you would go up there. Now, that wasn't sold out, so you could at least get into the venues. But the idea, I didn't like that part. I didn't like that experience of the festival, mm. like walking about London in the day when I felt I should have a pint man and be watching music. Yeah. And to do that and then get somewhere and then not get to see that band and also know you're missing a band that you love because it's the same genre would be... And that would be a nightmare. The, the damnation clashes aren't out yet, but again, it'll be very... They'll make sense. I mean, like, a full of hell will clash with a 40-watt sun, for example. Mm. Yeah, mean, yeah. Or, or the, or you'll know, you might love both those bands. I enjoy both those bands. However, you'll know why they clash. I mean, if this idea of clashing Bellwitch with... Green Lung, that's just never going to happen. Yeah. We were uh, we were supposed to be clashing with Green Lung at the last damnation. Yeah. We were like, fuck's sake, man, they're <laughs> like on everybody's tongue here, so there's going to be fucking no one at our gig. And then uh, I think they got COVID or something. And we were like, they got COVID. How was the last set? Did you enjoy it? Yeah, it was fucking great, man. So it was really, really, really glad to be back there. And, you know, it's just fucking, it's great having, like, having a UK festival that we can go to and you get a lot of fucking, you know, without naming names, you get a very different clientele, I think, at uh, Damnation than you do at some of the other UK fests and stuff. So it just seems like a really fucking cool, inclusive place, you know? Yeah, we've got, a, we've got, I mean, that comes with pros and cons. See, when you get, like, a sort of tuned in, decent folk, it comes with a, yes, it's friendly, no nonsense, don't need to put up any of the bullshit you might get elsewhere, but... They're demanding bastards, aren't they? I mean, they expect <laughs> they expect everything to be like the the pints need to be perfect temperature, and it needs to be their favourite IPA. The merch has to be in exact sizes. Like I, I've been in the venue we're using, so I, I went to a, um, an event called Sidewinder, which is like a drum and bass stroke uh, dance event. And it was like 7,000 people including the outside, but they're all crammed in. It was queues for the fucking toilets, but. I swear to God, see the next day, I was like, that event will never happen again because it's like, you, you couldn't have, you no, couldn't possibly enjoy it. But see, because everybody was out their face in 10 or bunts, it was like, <laughs> the next day, the next day, everybody's like, can't wait to the next one. And I'm like, 
this is the crowd we need right okay there might have been some fight and they might have had a few races in there a few transphobic folk but I tell you what the next day they wake up in the morning and say let's go and spend our money again our fan base are the fucking exact opposite so <laughs> I'd still take our, to, to, to the big man's point I'd still take our fan base <laughs> <laughs> so Gav you might just talk to me as well about the thinking of putting on a night of salvation right okay well the thing is the night of salvation's always been a always been a thing it's yeah. like it's in its 12th year or, or something last year was the first time that I, I basically took it under my wing with Paul so beforehand it was just a sort of like damnation attracts a lot of people from across the UK and Europe they can arrive in Leeds and have fuck all to do on Friday so we're getting these situations like Paul laughs about it because I kind of left it in his hand and he was just like a prophet making machine the night of salvation because you can put on anyone and they sell 400 tickets I mean, you can literally put in us five with bin lids clashing together and like <laughs> you'd, sell, you'd sell 400 tickets because people had nothing else to do so ultimately I thought right okay let's say uh, let's let's make it what it should be and we've done that last year and what we got off I think was the Svalbard um, set the yeah. Why, when I die, will I get better? Now, Thor, come on to what we can do here, try and give it a different sort of feel, and then we end up with a Speed Horn doing our debut, Knackercock doing our, I think it was our debut as well, was it? And the and Orange Goblin doing that 25 year set. So that, that ended up quite well. I don't know, it was 1,500 people came. So it was, a, it was a great night, and then I thought, we will not, I'm not going to commit to the Friday at an arena until we know for certain that the Saturday's a success. Okay. Because there's too much of that shit going on in the UK scene at the minute. Anyway, people just promise the world and ultimately it all collapsing before MD ever gets to a show. So we weren't going to go down that route until we knew that the Saturday was going to cover itself mm-hmm. at the very least. And then that happened ultimately. So we were in a position to try and pull together the Night of Salvation. It was, it was a bit of a rush job, to be honest. But I'm pretty delighted with the the bands that we got to pull together for it. I mean, Celeste are incredible yeah. when they're coming across to do that Assassins uh, in full, which I don't think has ever been done before. And we lost to see are one of the best post-rock yes. bands on the planet. And they are going to play the best post-rock album yeah. ever written, uh, Departure Songs. And then you've got three absolutely stunning UK bands and Pupil Slicer, Ithaca and Mastiff, which are just a nice... Slicer, absolutely incredible. Yeah, incredible, man. I was just going to the Saturday night, okay? So myself and my mate, it was probably, yeah, just three or four of us going over on the Saturday. And next minute, he just excitedly texted me going, did you see Friday night's one? I'm going, man, I'm going to be fucking divorced. I am going to be fucking divorced. What are you on about Friday? And he goes, it's up. The Friday night bill is up. And I'm going, oh, Christ, please don't be good. And then you put in, we lost the sea. And I had my head in my hands going, Oh, fuck. I'm going to get divorced. It's going to be worth it. They're playing fucking departure sounds. I have it right here alongside me on album, man. Absolutely cannot be missed. I mean, that album. So what happened at the very start is um, departure song. Now, now, what happens is when it when a damnation bill gets put together, it's not for me or, or Paul. You know, it's like what works and what's going to sell tickets. It's no a little ego trip on a poster. So <laughs> yeah, there's, plenty, there's plenty of bands at Damnation that neither myself or Paul will listen to, but they're well-respected in their senior genre, and we know our fans can get it. However, every now and then there's the wee treats to ourselves, and we lost to see was that treat to me. Brilliant. So <laughs> I, I, never knew, I never knew how the reaction would be. I don't know how well they're known in our scene, or even the UK, but... 
ultimately I, I managed to convince them to come across for Australia. I asked if they would do departure songs for the Saturday. Understandably, they didn't want to be tied into one older album. They're going to finally get to the UK and audience. They've got new material to play as well. I understood that. So that was never an option. Then when they Friday night, I thought, I'll chance for them again. <laughs> and uh, with that one, they were like, ah, of course, because it's not the same reason. Now we can do departure songs. And then on Saturday, we'll get even more freedom yeah, to play yeah, yeah, your yeah. material. <laughs> it's so a win-win. You're get, you going to get two sets, but that departure songs is like... Oh my God! It's a uh, I pack of tissues. Pack of yeah. tissues. Got be. Well, it's gonna be a special special night. We've kept it to twenty five pound, which is almost. It's almost. You cannot make profit at this level in arena just with the amount of money it costs for the arena alone. Never mind everything else. But the Friday night we just want to be packed. So, if you haven't got a ticket for Friday night, and you're coming to damnation. You're listening to this. Please buy a ticket. Twenty five bucks for fuck's sake. That's yeah. nothing like five cents. What you're saying, five cents. Uh, like I mean. Again, you're going to get, Gav, a huge influx of people from the likes of Belgium, Holland, Germany, specifically for We Lost the Sea. That's, that's the way they travel. That's the way it is yes. with Dunk Festival. And, and the fact that they're playing this departure songs, that's an extra 200 people that I reckon that will just go solely for that. For that one. For that one, uh, I mean, it's just, and so they should. Yeah, exactly. So they should. It should be. It should be two thousand extra people because <laughs> the album's the album's ridiculous. It's just it's it's, it's god tier post rock. So, Gav, what do you think? Um, I was going to ask you there, man. Moving into an arena like means that you can start putting on arena bands theoretically, because like, then you can start booking. Like, would you ever think about putting on something like Priest or something like that? Here's me saying no, but if you asked me two years ago, would I move to Arena? I'd have said no to that. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Whatever I'm saying, eh, take the, the context of here we are right now. But you know what? The problem with almost all these bands is they get bigger, is you're just creeping into that territory of someone else who's doing it. So, Damnation does not want to be Bloodstock. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like Damnation's entire purpose is being damnation with us, we will now be Europe's biggest indoor metal festival. So that in itself's what we're all about. Now the problem with that is the the bands that we book don't don't sell six thousand tickets. So what you need is what we've done for this year is a combination of the bands where it's just unmissable. Yeah. Now that's that can be a difficult thing to do because you might think that, that combination of bands is unmissable and it may well be, but it may well be for like two and a half thousand people or three thousand people. Whereas you could just go and say, well why don't we book Five Finger Death Punch and will definitely sell four thousand people, but not any, not to Damnation fans. I mean, not yep. to. Uh, um, yeah. and we wouldn't be, we wouldn't be very happy about it either. So it, that's going to be that's a struggle going forward. As what bands can, because there's still there's still a, there's a level of band that are big, Sugar, Clutch, those kind of bands that can still do serious numbers of tickets without necessarily becoming Bloodstock. Yeah, yeah. But, they're few and far between, and the pool beneath that, we have absolutely milk dry. I mean, your electric wizards, your carcasses, um, at the gates, some of them will even get back. Paradise Lost, those bands have just we've kind of milked that. What about, like, what about someone like Danzig and stuff? Because I think that would be perfect for a big like you could get an extra couple of thousand of people for someone of that stature, you know. But then yeah. again, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I exactly. Listen, if you get my ideals, file them over because that's my. I'm a bit like, what, what bands do still fit the bill? But 
aye, you don't stray into that Lamb of God, arch enemy, machine head, I'm on a Marth territory. And absolutely no slight in any of those bands, but that's that, that is no damnation. The purpose yeah. of damnation is not to put on a monomath. It's it's to put on these kind of bands of headlining and then everybody's showing up at 12 in the afternoon to come and see all the bands at the start. I mean, we never want to get to the stage, oh, right, we've done 5,000 tickets, but it was big band plus support. Yeah. 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 The, whole, yeah. the whole point of damnation is you go in there and you catch. The we lost the season, 40 Watt Suns and Distance and whoever else will get playing. You know, that, that's what makes it special. I'd, I'd be heartbroken if we'd done 5,000 tickets and everybody showed up at 9pm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Absolutely. I mean, the selection of bands then, Gav, like, how hard is it to even, like, I mean, there's submissions for new bands, we'll say, bands that are upcoming. Is there still a part of you that kind of wants to give that fucking young band a chance, but then... You know, you can't really, because like there, there is the only problem. The difference is now there is no there is no more submissions aspect to damnation. There's no more like oh, we do, you don't really know who's but can we get a slot? The perfect example is that like Pupil Slicer could not get a slot on this year's damnation. Harriet could not get a slot. The Ray Bands are now playing everything. Mm. Bloodstock, yeah. Download, Art Tangent. They're on. Yeah, I think that Pupil Slicer has done brutal assault. So they did. They song Yeah. Aye, if we can't get Pupil Slicer on the damnation bill, you're not going to get your local band that no one's heard of on. And that's just that's just the reality. There's no point pretending that I, if you catch it here, we're just going to be um, a crack new wee thrash band. We're just going to throw you on for sake because you're getting that, you get that slot instead of a Harry or a Pupil Slicer or one of these bands that have kind of done the hard work and put yeah, in the, yeah. the miles to, to get it. So there's that part of it. And I, I still believe that when you get well, Party Cannon are a perfect example, right? Everybody knows, i never seen no two Party Cannon, but they weren't given a chance anywhere, really. Mm. I don't think, like, speaking to Chris, they, I think they've done a couple of big festivals in uh, America, sort of 1,000, 2,000 cap ones, but they've never been given a real shot at it. And then they came to Damnation last year, 1,600 people in the room could not get anywhere near the place. Yeah. The, uh, so after that, the guy who organises, well, Cam Hack, who books the, the download lineup up to the main stage, I believe. He was in the room. The next thing you know, they're on the Live Nation tour of Guar. Wow. They've, yeah. Yeah. They've, they've, get, they've lined up for all sorts of... So that's... As you say, you've still been able to give a band that's not necessarily new or anybody saying, or oh, oh, Damnation exposed Party Cannon. Party Cannon were already well on the way to those things. But it needed one shot at something to be mm. in, in the face of some agents or some managers who would have been like, oh, they're great, let's get them on the next... Tour with Gua, for example, yeah. you know what I mean? So I think Damnation still does that. And, and I mean, I know it does that because I speak to a lot of promoters for their festivals who pick up bands after seeing them play to full rooms at Damnation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I just yeah. wanted to kind of make that clear just to bands that are watching this that, that are just kind of frustrated going, fuck's sake. We get a wee bit angry with that. And it's, it's a difficult question because I'd, I'd hate to be I'd hate to be in a band myself and, and be great. And be like, well, why come I can't go on to Damnation? And what's that band done? And you can get a wee bit of jealousy and envy as well. Like, what's that band done to get there? And my Facebook views or, or followers are similar. But all you can do is go there and make as much noise as yeah. possible. And that can be a slow burner. Yeah. And it can be one of these ones that sits in the in the background for a long time and, and you ultimately get your shot somewhere down the line. Or it can be the one where you just come out the, up the, the traps blazing, yeah. like a pupil slicer. You're just absolutely everywhere mm. within... Eight yeah. months. 
just just keep plugging away, and ultimately, if you've um, ultimately if the the demands there for you, we'll, we'll soon find mm. out. And if you're really good and you fit the so lineup, so like it's the same in a lot less uh, capacity. Is um, the siege of Limerick in Limerick, yeah. obviously, uh, Daniel? Yeah. You might talk to Gav about Siege of Limerick and bands that are expected to get on it and they don't get on it and then they're really fucking odd, you know? Yeah, well, I suppose actually, like, um, Damnation is the weekend after um, Siege and um, the Siege wasn't on last year and I got to go to Damnation and I very much felt it's the same kind of the people going to Damnation, the kind of vibe is very similar. Um, friendly, out for the crack, you know, um, is. But I suppose, yeah, but I suppose the siege is kind of, it's kind of a showcase of Irish metal twice a year that's on in, in Limerick. And there is a certain standard that over the 15 years of, of the siege that the lads have, have set. Um, now, 90% of the sieges are free to get into. Um, the odd time they will might do like um, a certain special and you'll have to pay to get in. But it, I think I don't know how long the lads are getting like before a siege they'll get submissions, but there's always a bit of hostility if you're not chosen to play the siege. Um, I can understand people want to get get seen, but there's a certain, like you said, you've have to have done the work before you can play the siege. You can't just be like, here's my new band, can I play the siege? It's um, it's a massive opportunity, and it's similar in the sense of damnation that. We want people there from. They want people there from twelve in the day. Like yeah. they don't just want people piling at the end um, for the headliners. And I think the, I think similar to yourselves, they do a really good job of spacing the bands out throughout the day um, and trying not to have clashes, the same kind of genre and things like that. Um, but yeah, I can I can I can see the similarities between the siege and, and damnation a lot. Um, to give giving people, I suppose. The ability to to showcase what they've the, the work that they've put in, um, and hopefully get them onto that that extra tour or get them to that next place that they need to go um, on their careers. So, yeah, it's um, I'm really looking forward to going to the siege this year and then going to damnation the weekend after. Mm. My oh, liver is going to be in stage. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've, I've seen a lot of them in great light. I, I feel like, I feel like Damnation get quite a close link to Ireland for a, for a number of reasons. I mean, one, the Paul's, the, the other half of the team in East for Dublin. And secondly, just we, there seems to be such a large Irish contingent that comes over for it. In fact, I saw the ticket, the Dublin's in one of the, I think it's like the eighth most ticket sales per city. After you've got uh, the likes of your London's, Manchester, Leeds, Glasgow's, so there's a there's a real strong connection to Damnation uh, and Ireland, and I it's uh, it's appreciated, it's, it's it's greatly appreciated as well. I, I've seen the siege lineups down uh, down the years. Is is Alan for Prime Auto involved in that at all? No, as my my mix and that no. one up. Gotta be no, John and Kieran. Right, okay. Across that land or on the fucking can of beans. They run up off. Yeah, it's um, it is a, a brilliant lineup, Gav, and there's there's a, a big big kind of emphasis as well for post metal. Is that just your love of it, or is it acknowledgement that that scene is is starting to get really popular? 
it, do you know what? There's so much, uh, there's so much of damnation that we get credit for that's completely fucking accidental. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, the, the, no, but see, like, see the honesty thing that we get a lot. Oh, because you're so transparent. So honestly, that's just, well, accidental. Is fact that that's just who we mm. are. You know what I mean? So it, it wouldn't occur to us to not tell people that ministry on the plane. It wouldn't occur to us not to tell people where ticket sales are or when we're struggling or when we're not struggling. And the post metal and post rock thing. Uh, I, it's a bit, I mean, it's not accidental because we went out and booked those bands, but we never done it as any sort of master plan. Like, at, at the time in 2009 when we started, we put on, it was an Irish band called Stand Up Guy, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. It? So, oh, Stand Up Guy, yeah. Great yeah. band. We had Stand Up Guy playing, we had Maybe She Will playing, we had, uh, was that the year we had Yezu playing? Uh, I mean, something like This Will Destroy You. That wasn't as a let's show the world how great it can be, but it turned out we did because that's, <laughs> that, that's, Fucking, I mean, it makes a festival everything. I mean, to be able to walk out of Cannibal Cops and then go down the road down the, and see shells or something, it's just, it, it makes, seeing you watch a band, a post metal band, and then you walk in and you see a thrash or a death metal band, they just sound better. And then vice versa. Whereas if you just watch four yeah. doom bands in a row, you can kind of become numpy. And also, my, one of my favorite festivals was Art Tangent, but sometimes you can get into a trap of watching three or four post-rock bands in a row and by the fourth band you're just like I'm fucking done with this like this music I, like this is my favourite band playing one of my favourite songs and I'm like I'm just done with this music because I need I need a blast beat I need some grind you know so that we done that because that's what we wanted we wanted that from a festival and there was no real emphasis in trying to show others how it could be done I'm glad to see that there is events especially like Art Tangent's best example where that's that that's just what happens when people accept it. We, at the start, we used to get a lot. Of, we used to get a lot of bullshit about when you would get a band like Mono on the bill, and you would get a death metal fan screaming "Blue Murder" on. I mean, I'm not coming, Mono. What kind of fucking music is this? A metal festival? Like, imagine getting a Chinese, right? And you get your chicken satay, and you get your chicken curry and your fried rice, and then somebody goes, "Oh, by the way, we also wear some sweet and sour there." You don't throw the whole fucking meal out because it's. Sweet and sour. <laughs> but I yeah. mean, you just go. You just got annoying the sweet and sour. And that's all the post-rock ever was. And especially with Damnation, it was probably clashing with your favourite band anyway. So it's completely irrelevant to your day. Yeah. So, and people people started to get into, into that sort of like, Actually, if I hate that type of music, I don't need to go into that stage. And there you go. Let everyone know that I hate this. Like. <laughs> I just want to make an announcement. This is shit. <laughs> just going to turn my back to the post yeah, yeah, yeah. where one of my favourite thrash bands are playing two stages. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but they know I don't like this. That's the main thing. Like, we've we've got a great scene in Ireland, Gav, as you probably know, and I don't, I don't mind fucking boasting about it. But we've a fantastic connection with uh, the Scottish bands. There's a real good connection and vibe between Scotland and Ireland with tours going both ways. Evan, you've been to Scotland touring and, you know, Dog Tired, for example, I've been over to Ireland and toured with 10 Tons Slug, Razor Sharp. Being from Scotland yourself, Hell Ripper, for an example, and there's a fantastic scene there. Like, is it something that you're really proud of as a, as a Scotsman? Yeah, I mean, you know, we probably share a, a, a common trait in that whole sort of get your back up just with English anyway, yeah. you know what I mean? In a sense of that superiority, you know, like, you know, it's like the football thing, yeah. isn't it? It's like, 
You hear us as Scottish fans, we're always like, ah, fuck the English. But you ever ask an English fan, they don't really care because they're a bit like, well, you're shite. So what, 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 what difference does it make? It, it, so there's a wee bit of a, I was, I've always been proud of the fact that Glasgow, and so, like, in, the, in the context of Birmingham or a Manchester or a London, is a pretty small city. You know, it's, there is not a huge population there, yet we've always managed to keep a scene that could attract arena shows. Like that, I mean, it was... It's it's uncommon if you're going to get a, a UK tour that Damnation will be lo- left off. That. I mean, it's kind of London, Glasgow, like your two big hitters, and then you get Manchester in there quite often as well. So, I it's it's great, it's great because I, I suppose that lent itself to me building the type of live music or even the passion I've got for it by able to go to so many gigs and see so many bands, whereas. If they bands were only coming as north as Manchester, I mean, I'd have went to an absolute fraction of them. So yeah. I, I'm very proud of that. And, and as I, said, I don't know a great deal about that. I mean, I had, I had Alan, everyone uh, on the Damnation Versus podcast, and he was making the point that the Irish scene's pretty shit. People don't show up to to support the bands, which was, if that's true or not, I don't know. But you've got a guy, Fergal Holmes, across here, certainly making a, a right good stab at it. I mean, he's, he's getting his hands in as many shows as he can. Yeah. And some of them... But what I've seen seem to have done very well. Mm. Yeah, uh, it's more underground than DME, probably. Um, a lot of Irish bands would would hope to get a support slot from a DME show, put it that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, like, there's... There needs to be a turn out there. You're not taking Behemoth across to Dublin unless you know they're going to get the people there. And I think he... We picked up that Eternal Champion show again, another one of these festivals that collapsed. Yeah. And I picked up in Glasgow to save because we were literally flying into the country and didn't have a bed that night. Yeah. There was nothing to go to. So I think Fergal picked up the Eternal Champion. And I think I, I think Ireland really showed up for that. I was on unfo- My night was the same night as Alice Cooper in the Hydro, the Champions League final, and there was a festival in Edinburgh, the Red Cross oh, Festival. Oh, yeah, that's right. All the, di- all, all the diehard fans were going to, so I kind of got the short end of the stick in that one, but I think Fergo and Irish fans really turned out for the Eternal Champion, considering it was only like three days' that's notice. That's right, yeah. You, you find um, putting gigs on in Glasgow, it, like the, the curfew can be a bit of a pain in the hole, can't it? Like all the buses really finish at about 10, don't they, Gavla? You, you, you can you can get there's a there's a lot of frustrating like the thing is with Glasgow having such a good scene there is ten Fergals you know it's like yeah. there's everybody is trying to prove but and agents are clever with that because then you start just getting used as bargaining chips and then suddenly everybody's fees going up because everybody's trying to fight for the the scraps of the show so I, I have done Glasgow shows I've done successful Glasgow shows with likes of Electric Wizard and Cult Owner and I think I had Watain up here and we've done some, yeah. but it, it's a it's a bit of a slog, and it's it's no worth the effort you put in. And then what can happen, especially if you get a midweek uh, show, you don't get that turnout, and you're like spent fucking four or five months in that show and lost six hundred pound. You know what I mean? It's like I'd rather just I'd rather just blag somebody's guest list and just go and see it. Worst <laughs> case scenario, maybe have to buy a ticket. A <laughs> I I saw. I kind of I try to I try to keep. I'm I'm, I'm delighted the Glasgow's that I've seen, but. We'll, we'll see if I ever if I ever get myself involved in it again. And do you do this now full time, Gav? I do now. As of two weeks ago, as of two weeks ago. So oh, a friend of How anyone... scary was that? It was, it was pretty fucking scary. <laughs> but 
It was also like, journalist. like <laughs> so, so I'm a journalist. So I was a newspaper editor. I was a newspaper editor for the last five or six years of my, my career. And by that point, I'd kind of done well in journalism to get myself to a stage that I had a salary that I didn't want to leave and a job. Well, I didn't want to leave either. But damnation's in an arena. And if it's not looked after properly, it won't be an arena. And also, I'll find myself at the wrong side of a court case or fucking something happening the week before that was overlooked. And, I mean, if you say something like damnation, the tunnel fucking be, I don't know, but... 400 grand, half a million. I mean, not numbers, kind of numbers that you could lose everything for. So it, it's it's like, right, and this needs to be taken deadly serious and not whatever night. I've got three children as well, so no finishing my job at six o'clock at night, feeding the kids, seeing if I can squeeze 45 minutes on to get some emails back out. And then on a Sunday, I try and get some bookings done. It's like that, there's no longer that job. It needs someone who's going to do this day in, day out, uh, full time. So I'll, I'll give it a bash. I've left I've left journalism in very good terms if it all goes to shit, which I'm not too proud to say that if it does, I'll, I'll, I'll wander back. I won't get a job doing something else and I'll say I gave it a bash. If I didn't give it a bash, I think I'd regret yeah. it. Yeah, fair play to you, man. It takes fair a lot of balls yeah. to be able to do that. Like. So man, uh, what, do you think then, what, what do you think that there's so many other festivals going belly up and stuff like? Because you guys have been... Like he's been there for so 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 long, and there's so many other festivals where, like that, are they still doing Lords of the Land, or is that finished as well? Do you know, or that that's that's finished as well. well. That's one of the good examples of one that's not happening now, and I'm not sure if Mark would bring that back because he he was the guy who, for all the reputation that promoters can get, they're not always great reputations. He saw them all through. He saw always, he's, and I don't think all of them made money, but when they didn't, it was willing to say, "Well, this is the gamble I made." And I'm going to make sure this. I'm not going to. I'm not going to let these bands down and and torch my own reputation. So, lots of the bands. I think the pandemic just put an end to it. Planned the pandemic, kiboshed that, and then Mark's a guy with several venues. So I don't think he was very keen in saying let's just play this guessing game of when we can get it back up. It wouldn't surprise me if that did reappear with the rest yeah, of them. Yeah. I mean, what's happening now is I mean, because I think you guys lost. Was it Clange? Oh, Clange. And yeah, I'm like. There was a big one last summer with like Vietnam War headlining and stuff. So yeah. there's a lot, a lot of them. But do you think like is that because people are trying to plan outdoor stuff and then not taking into account availability of porta toilets and all that? Like, would it be better just doing indoors like you guys or what? They, they would try, but ultimately, see these things. Well, there's, there's a wee bit of ignorance, there's a wee bit of arrogance. There's a bit like when we started Damnation, it was something if it sold 200 tickets, we could have made it work and walked away with maybe losing a couple of grand and said we tried it. You're getting festivals that are coming out the doors now with overheads, it'll be three, four, five hundred grand and nothing to protect themselves with this belief that you're just going to release a poster and be bloodstopped. Yeah or release a poster and be damnation. And the truth is not, I mean, I'd say this to anybody who listen to me, if you take that exact same damnation lineup and take damnation off the top, you're going to do half the tickets. I mean, yeah. half, half the tickets sell because of the event, because there's a trust in it. The thing is going to yeah. happen. They've been there, they've built relationships and friends. They have a history with the festival. That's why damnation works. And even then, it's a struggle to be damnation. I mean, it's like, it's not they're sitting here just, it, it's, I mean, we're six weeks away, it's still no sold out at this point. So it's not like it's easy just to be damnation and it won't be easy, be easy just to be Bloodstock or Download or any of these events. But some folk just see the big crowds elsewhere and say, I oh, will have a bit of that action too. And yeah. then 
when you try to promote to metal fans, it's not, and that's not an easy market. You know, I mean, you'd be better if you want to just get it promoted. So you can just just book cover bands. Cover bands yeah. are easier. Like part of the thing I thought with like without speaking out of turn about them, but with Clang and sort of with Dominion and stuff was like obviously their favorite band is Corner, so they're getting Corner to headline a festival in Ireland or getting Sodom to headline a festival somewhere in England. Like it, like they're doing it because they want to see that band, not because they think that those bands are going to bring like- people. Or you fall into that trap of because they are your favourite band, they are the best band in the world, and they will sell a thousand tickets or two thousand tickets, whatever you need. And that's a that's a dangerous game to play as well. I mean, like couple enough for years and years, one of my favourite bands, and they were always available, but I wasn't willing to pay the price because I didn't believe they would sell the amount of tickets they need to sell. You know what I mean? So you can, don't again. What band these was that? Jam, sorry. Not, that what again? band was it? Did you just say? Oh, yeah. But that could be ended. That could be Amin Ra. It could be okay. I mean, it, 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 pick your favourite band who don't sell Lama God number of tickets or don't sell OPF number of tickets. Like just because you are head over heels about a band doesn't mean they, that the person beside you is going to be. You know what I mean? So yeah, you need yeah. to you need to separate yourself from that. That's a very dangerous game to start playing it when you're booking bands just because you love them. So, aye, there's that. And uh, some of these festivals have just came out of chaps. They, they just overshooting what the what they think the worst case scenario won't even be the best case scenario because what do you think they'll sell in the worst case there'll be half that or a third of that because that's just the way that it works and poor Coroner and Candlemas they were like the two most cursed bands of the summer it seemed like every they were, they were both of them were a festival in Italy get cancelled they were both at a manor fest to get banned they were both due to play some show in Ireland to get banned I was like fuck fuck being Coroner or Candlemas this summer <laughs> So over the years, and now it's 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 a tough question to answer. Like you've been doing it since two thousand and five. Is there any particular year that's like a vintage wine that you look back and kind of go? At the time, it was a fucking disaster, but now you look back and kind of go, actually, yeah, that was fucking class. I mean, the ones that were a disaster are still a disaster now. I mean, like <laughs> <laughs> two thousand and nineteen, the OPF and mayhem was fucking rough. You know, what I mean, it's like on the public facing side that that was everybody other than mayhem's sound issues. It was a good event and well well attended, and they made money and the fans got what they wanted for it. But behind the scenes, it was just mayhem. it was just a nightmare. No, start to finish, it was just such a difficult day uh, dealing with bands that were just competing for ego status in a lot of ways and that was a rough year then you get years like 2009 well 2009's lineup it was like Electric Wizard Anathema and Life of Agony was that Rotten Christ 2009 Life of Agony Rotten Christ Destruction Locker Yezu Therapy there as well man Therapy fucking hell the lineup see if you put that lineup on Tomorrow for damnation, it would do 4,000 tickets. But for whatever reason that year, no one came. And it was just like, what? it was just a fucking, and I, and it, it, to work all year in a festival, I think it was like, I think I lost 13 grand or something in that festival. Oh. And you're like, to work all year, to lose the money, it was like, oh, Jesus, this is not, this is not what you need. I mean, most promoters will tell you, I, okay, you're, you're not going to win them all. But that one was a, was a tough pill to swallow. And it took us a wee while to build the festival back up for that. But, uh, there was a couple of Gatton and some were just it was great but that year I think it was 2017 it was like the runner Nails 
I got four, I got four week nosebleed dying fetus yeah. and then they had Sodom bloodbath and paradise lost it. that was just one of those ones where everything was gone was gone perfectly and with a few years it just seemed like other than the, that fire alarm there was no mishaps at all and it just it was like last year exactly we pulled together an entire bill in a few weeks you know what I mean we lost I think we lost 21 American bands and replaced them with 20 UK bands and yeah, Memorium Carcass Paradise Lost yeah uh, and, and then even get like Paradise Lost doing Gothic, Godflesh come up. It was just, it felt like a triumph that it was happening. And then on top of that, it was like, if we can ever recapture the atmosphere that was there that year, because everybody was so buzzing to be back amongst friends yeah. and seeing live music again. And it just felt like champagne cocks were going off all day. <laughs> and just, it just, it was just a real, a real buzz, a real buzz about that. That's maybe. No, in hindsight, that's maybe my favourite year was was the twenty twenty one, just because it felt like holy fuck. There was so many people that started to doubt this would ever happen mm. again, or festivals would continue to outside. They just two years of face masks and sitting in your yeah. fucking living room. I mean, it was like, like to get back to damnation was was a real triumph. Yeah. yeah, I I was there and like in Ireland at the time, you you couldn't go to the pubs weren't open or anything. So to go over to a gig where there was no face masks, we were all like, oh my god, it was surreal. <laughs> Um, and then after a few drinks, then you realise that it's legal and it's fine not to have faces on. You're just crowd surfing, going bananas. Yeah. It was class. And that was the first time you met Joe in person. That was the first time I met Joe in person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we're doing this show probably two two years, Gav, and that was the first time you met Joe in person. Donation, yeah, yeah. It was it was incredible, and some of the best sets mm. I've ever seen from bands like it's in Conjurer were incredible. Um, at June I'd never heard of and I walked in and was like what is this this is incredible Um, yeah obviously again bomber class but like um, yeah Carcass Conan I just could go on forever it was actually unreal (laughs) such a great day it just felt like was that your first show back Joe for for Gamma Bomb was that our first show back fuck I think it might have been yeah wasn't it it was indeed man actually yeah November because we did um, we did some UK shows then uh, just right right after that. that was the start of a UK tour, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right, that's right. Yeah. I mean, so there was a lot of that as well for bands. So we were getting we dashed we dashed Carcass, I think, to play. I say I'll do some. Was something we were asking Carcass to do was was just out of the ordinary. I can't remember. Can't, right now, I can't remember what it was. And, and the answer back was like, we would normally, but we're all kind of nervous about playing a first show in two years. So we're just kind of, I was filming it. We were going to film it. And I said, look, we're kind of nervous with a new guitarist in the first show. And she's a non-musician. as a guy who doesn't know the difference between a bass guitar and a drum kit. I'm like, and I don't even, it doesn't even occur to me that these guys aren't going to stage already. Like, we're going to nail this. We're just the best band, thrash, doom, metal, whatever. In my head, I'm just like, oh, these guys already know they're good at what they're doing, but like every other human doing any other job, you know, but like, no, we actually need to find our rhythm again. This is like the first show we've played in two and a half years. Yeah, so yeah. the last thing we need is you filming it and fucking sticking it on it. Yeah, sure. <laughs> sure of it all. Like. What about uh, Mark Gab? Do you go into that side of things much? Yeah, Richie? listen, everything. There is no other part of it. There's just me. There's me and then Paul. So like everything it's touched is touched by us. You know what I mean? So there's no, the merch is, is I mean, Bry designs it. Like he's a, the quiet third partner at Danish. And um he designs it with, with sort of the, the idea that I've got in mind and we kind of go over it. And then, I mean, the merch sales do really well. Was it last year we had that, we had that party cannon sort of 
funky designed one. Uh, sort of like a sort of farewell to Leeds as well. It's a bit of mm. fun with that. So I the merch is good. We've got a tie-in this year with pins and knuckles, who I believe do gamma bombs merchandise. Um so they're taking over the main stage sponsorship because Jaeger aren't listed in the new venue. So there makes no point in them going to do that. So we'll we'll, we'll see what happens with them. They've got they seem to have a really high quality stuff and we're just sort of tying up the last of the designs now for that. And, and so, what can fans expect, Gav? Is it going to be t-shirts and hoodies, uh, patches, well, hats? We, we've kept it because what's happened before now is like it gets delivered to my house, and then I have a wife that's angry for walking <laughs> <you> around. <laughs> <laughs> There's boxes of fucking old merch lying about the loft, the spare room, and she just like throw that stuff in the bin, and I'm like, absolutely not. Let's not get in the bin. So, I think uh, with pins and knuckles able to store it uh, from a warehouse and send out from their end. Now it's a bit limitless. We can go with patches and beanies and tote bags and whatever. Windbreakers, you know what I mean? So we'll have the usual, the t-shirts, the hoodies, but now there's a real opportunity to offer a bit more, which you can get. Sometimes you get other events, you know what I mean? Bottle openers. It's amazing the shit people buy into it, really. It's like... Yeah. <laughs> Socks and jocks. Boxing jokes. <laughs> so, Evan, have we convinced you to go yet? I actually, like, it's not like I need convincing. I just can't go this year. Like, like it's not like I don't want to. Yeah. It was only, it was only coming from Manish there. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd be all over it, fucking, without a doubt. I just can't make it this year. I had originally intended to go, but things came up that I can't. Yeah, and to know what, it's a credit to you, Gav, as well, that you do acknowledge the Irish metal scene right throughout the years. If you go back through all the bills, there's been an Irish presence right through it. And uh, thanks for yeah. that. Well, the Ireland makes it quite easy. You know I mean, you've got, like, Scot Scotland's quite difficult to get for, even what I know that scene. I mean, you get, like, Man Must Die just kind of disappeared. Remember that cracking band, Madman is Absolute? Yeah. They just disappeared after that. I mean, I, I know you're saying some of the bands like Dog Tired now, but there were some of these bands you wish it was just a wee bit more pop, as like they were known a bit more out with the Edinburgh and Glasgow scene, or maybe as you say, get it crazy. Like if they they were just a bit more in demand, because I'd love for I mean, us getting with June on, I think they've got a loose Scottish correction. One of the members yes. is, is in. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, yeah. But it's great. I mean, Hell Rapper was great. I mean, it's great to get Scottish bands to, to come down. Uh, we'll tell their arm off uh, if it's there, but with Ireland, it just seems like there's a there, there's just a bigger choice of bigger bands. I mean, like Gamma Bomb and Primordial are not difficult bands to book and cause a wee bit of excitement for. I mean, it's right off the bat. Whereas yeah. Dread Sovereign, the Bavad Dread Sovereign, and Morning Beloved, they are Irish as well. And um, we had somebody else have therapy different. as well, obviously. Oh, well, obviously, <laughs> with the big ones, so we had the big therapy. But I mean, the, the, bleed, th bleed from within are a, are a band that I maybe overlooked for the, the, the Scottish scene that, um, mm, that, that would, would bring would bring numbers to damnation as well. But sometimes I heard you when we're talking about first, um, when you're doing the first CD review or the song review, and get that whole metalcore. I think yeah. in my head somewhere that they get they get tagged with a metal core. They do, all right, yeah. They, they they and in my head, even and I'm leaving that guy really to be like, oh, I don't listen to that genre because of that. But I do have types of genres that I probably don't fit that well for Damnation and Damnation fan base. And I think somewhere along the line, I've got in my head that we were from another metal core band. And when you hear them, they're actually pretty fucking good. Yeah, yeah. It's just a dirty yeah. word. That's the problem. Dirty, dirty words. Yeah, yeah. So, any more questions for Gav? We have free tickets for the next one. 
You definitely don't. <laughs> <laughs> so, Gav, um, listen, thanks a million for coming on the show. Really appreciate you taking the time. There's still tickets for sale. There's tickets for sale on the Saturday night. They're 65 bucks, 65 sterling. And there's still tickets for the incredible uh, night of salvation. If, if you're that way inclined, I certainly am. It changed my mind. And I just fucking went, you know what? Book an extra night at a hotel. We're going over for the Friday, so. Absolutely. Listen, there's plenty of wives out there, isn't there? You're only going to get the Parcher songs once. <laughs> well, yeah, that's all he needed to hear, yeah. So that's it, uh, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Daniel, Evan, Joe, and especially Gav for taking the time to come on the show. Uh, check out Damnation. It's up there on Facebook, Instagram. No excuses if you can make the trip from Europe or from Ireland, get over there, it's an exciting festival, man, it's there since 2005, they know their shit, and uh, give it some support, okay? Thanks everybody, and crucially, support your local medicine.